0: Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and I want to welcome all of our viewers. We get to share this experience together tonight. No special guest, just us. And I love uh, the show where it's just us. I also love our guests as well. Hope everyone is having a great Friday. Everyone's looking forward to the weekend. I want to thank all of our viewers who are tuning in around the world. And if you have been monitoring social media, our social media, You saw that we finally got a release date uh, for when we are premiering on Screenbox. That's right. Friday the 13th, this August, in just two weeks. Friday the 13th, two weeks from today, we will be premiering on Screenbox. And we're all very stoked about that. Just got the information about two hours ago. And uh, I think that's really freaking cool to have Dead Talk Live premiering on Screenbox on Friday the 13th. I mean, it's perfect. I think it's perfect. I want to welcome Khaleesi, CeCe Weezy, Lisa is joining us, Colette, Amir, Annie, Zoe is also with us, Lindsay is joining us from Canada, Philip is joining us, Oz is with us, love the floating love hearts, guys. I hope everyone is doing well. We're just going to have a kickback laid back show today we're gonna towards the end we're gonna talk about some uh, famous horror movie serial killers god knows we have plenty of those but before i get to that i saw a movie yesterday uh synchronic you guys must have heard of it uh great cast it stars falcon from the marvel movies um and it's basically they have it classified as a horror movie it's I don't see it. It's not a horror movie. It's a great movie. uh, But more of a thriller. You know, even there, that's kind of, mm, towing the line. But it is classified as a horror, uh, thriller, sci-fi. It's a mixed bag. But anyway, the the plot is basically about this designer drug called Synchronic. And it's basically a time travel pill. And... uh, it's about, it follows two paramedics as working in uh, New Orleans, going around chasing, uh, you know, people who are ODing on this drug and dying in really strange ways. I'm not going to spoil the storyline for you guys, but it is available for streaming. I uh, watched it uh, purchased on Voodoo. Uh let me see if I can just find out real quick uh if it's actually streaming for free anywhere for you guys. But it's really, really good. And uh there's some awesome twists and turns. Uh let's see, let's see if we can find it if it's actually available for streaming for free anywhere. Uh, yay, yay, yay. This thing is frozen. Here we go. Synchronic. Technically, it's listed as coming out in 2019, but I don't think it was officially released until last year. And it's available on Netflix. There you go. If you got Netflix, go ahead and watch it. Uh, Synchronic. Uh, you're, you know, it's not really a horror movie, not in my opinion, but it's a great thriller, sci fi movie. Uh, CC is asking, "What is the name again?" It's Synchronic, S Y N C H R O N I C. That's the name of the drug. Zoe saw it and loved it. Yeah, it was really great. I was surprised. Um, I didn't have really high expectations starting it, but halfway through, man, I was I was totally into it and loved the ending. It's, it's, about, it's a time travel movie. That's not spoiling anything. And it's about a time travel pill. Alternate dimensions, if you want to think of it that way. But check it out. Check it out. So I hope you've been jo- enjoying the guests that we've been having on. More guests coming on next week. We're working on some more announcements, trying to secure more guests as well, as always. So keep an eye on our website. As soon as we get them confirmed, they'll be listed there if you want to see who's coming up. Uh, so next week, let's see, Tuesday or Monday, uh, Monday we have Brett Donahue. Brett Donahue played, uh, he was the co-star in that really funny horror movie Slacks. Uh, how many of you guys have seen Slacks, about the possessed genes? It's hysterical. It's a great comedy, horror movie. And those are really hard to come by these days. They're either really a hit or a miss. And Slacks is a big hit. They definitely nailed it. And Brett Donahue, who's the co-star of the movie, is going to be with us on Monday, August 2nd. Really looking forward to talking to Brett as we break down Slacks. So make sure to tune in for that. Uh, Lisa says OMG I laughed through slacks it's it's it was brilliantly done it's a great mix of horror and comedy put together last, I mean it was awesome uh, let's see Khaleesi says love Ty last night yeah Ty Olsen our guest from last night uh, man I, we took that right up to an hour I don't like to let my interviews go beyond an hour It's a little too much for the guests, and it's also too much for me, so I have a hard cutoff time of one hour. But man, talking to Ty Olsen last night and hearing his experiences um, in the Planet of the Apes franchise, especially in the last one, war, you know, for the Planet of the Apes, and um, just—I loved how he shared how the CGI was done, and, you know, those were real actors— Portraying the apes. Uh, you know, they had to wear this basically the way he described it a gray suit that had dots everywhere that mimicked their movement. And that's where they layered over the CGI effect of uh, the apes. And uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Lindsay also loved it, as did Colette. Yeah, I hope you guys have been enjoying all the interviews. And I know we've been having a lot of people come on the show. I think that's awesome. I love hearing every guest's experience and whatever movies they've starred in. And I hope you guys are enjoying them as well. So, let's get to some news. Not really that much going on. But let's see what we do have for you. So, here's the synchronic information. And you can see right here, it's uh, streaming for free. Well, not for free, if you're a Netflix subscriber, and also on Hoopla. And, of course, it's available to rent or buy on all the major uh, other streaming outlets. So, uh, American Horror Stories, episode four, is out, the naughty list. uh, This this headline says, looks so familiar. American Horror Stories, the spinoff of the very popular American Horror Story, has been offering up smaller bites of horror for a couple of weeks. The latest episode, currently available for streaming on FX on Hulu, focuses on a group of young social media influencers living in a content house, think offline TV for example. Barry turns out to be the group's lone voice of reason when its leader, Zinn, played by Nico Greentham, decides to take some footage of a jumper at a suicide bridge. Shockingly, this this puts off a bunch of their viewers. Barry continues to try to get these guys to do the right thing as they try to get back their followers with other additional mean-spirited content. Uh, The nerdy, ineffectual Barry is played by Kevin McHale. You may recognize him from a few high-profile acting gigs he's done in the past. Early in his career, he had guest stints on a couple of uh, Nickelodeon shows, as well as in The Office, where he played an unnamed delivery kid. He had uh, guest-starring roles in shows like Elite, And he was in the TV miniseries, When We Rise. He's also a musician who released an independent EP called Boy in 2019. Anyway, going on to the story, the most likely place you'll have seen the actor face is on Glee. Uh, He played Artie Abrams, the wheelchair-bound singer, and William McKinley, high school student, who also had a nerdy appearance. He had plenty of solo performances on his six seasons on this show. Now, he uh, this is all about him. We want to get to the episode. There were a lot of these out there, but let me get a better article here on last night's uh, American Horror Story. Bear with me here as I do my search. Because there were so many of them. I want to actually talk about... The episode, no disrespect to the actors, but I don't want to ruin the ending. Uh, da da da, here we go. Now, basically the majority of just going off the headlines, uh, a lot of people did not like yesterday's episode for some reason. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was funny. Not funny, I thought it was really good. So, let's see what we have here. Uh, So, the action started, let's see, make sure, episode four, again, called The Naughty List, the fourth episode, called The Naughty List, boasted legendary character actor Danny Trejo as Santa. The action started at the Bro House, which is a group of social media influencers in their 20s who all live together and make obnoxious content for YouTube and other platforms. Very realistic there. In case you're wondering, this is a real thing. There are a lot of wealthy influencers who have started a little content houses where they live together to get into shenanigans to put on YouTube. Netflix is even making an unscripted series about one. The influencers here were Zinn, Wyatt, James, and Barry, a a bunch of dude bros who were known working out, doing coordinated dances, drinking copious amounts of alcohol into their intro montage. Their motto is YOLO BROLO. That's all you need to know about them. Also, it was established early on that Zinn is the leader and he isn't very nice to Barry, the house nerd. Five days before Christmas, the Bro House dudes were camped out under a bridge that looked suspiciously like the setting for the big race in Greece. But they, um, they call it the Suicide Bridge, and the dude bros were there waiting for a jumper, which is disgusting but not surprising. A man showed up in a suit and tie and stood at the railing, and Barry wondered if they should call the police because it's wrong not to do something. But Zinn insisted they were going to film it, and they did. And that is just a real sad commentary on today's society. They jumped around screaming, bro house, while the camera rolled and the guy jumped. Barry kept insisting they couldn't post the video, but he got peer pressured into running over to film the body. Later, at the Bro House Christmas party, they debuted the video live, and predictably, everyone was horrified and started leaving the party. Online, their follower count plummeted. Good, Zinn was shocked people didn't like it, which is both surprising and unsurprising. Should have listened to Barry, dude bros. Uh, It wasn't too late to listen to Barry as he insisted they should do something like film an apology video because the dead man's family is holding a press conference later in the day. Wyatt ironically called the family attention whores as Zinn suggested that instead they become homosexuals. Yeah that's it, homie to keep their fans. Apparently, girls really like it if straight guys do gay stuff, quote-unquote. Wyatt and James were on board as soon as their sponsorship company showed up to start taking back their stuff. After putting up some homosexual videos that were completely unsuccessful... Barry suggested they get back to basics and just be funny. So they crashed a Santa display at the mall, harassing the elf workers and declaring to all the children that Santa isn't real. Santa then knocked Zinn down and growled an ominous, You'll get what you deserve. Yeah, you screwed with the wrong Santa, fellas. That night, which happened to be Christmas Eve... Their new video of them being jerks to Santa and elves and children was losing them even more... uh, Sorry, I couldn't... Shut up, Siri. It was losing them even more followers, and Barry laid into the rest of them about how terrible their content is. But that became the least of their problems when an LAPD detective, Gibbs, called to ask them for a copy of their Santa video because it turned out the mall Santa was actually a killer Santa. He murdered the man who was supposed to be the mall Santa and now he was on the loose. Then in a marvelous sequence where you might have found yourself rooting for the bad guy, Santa showed up at the bro house and set up cameras to stream their deaths as he murdered them. It was such a good concept that we'll just suspend our disbelief at how Santa was able to rig all that up. First up was Wyatt. He went to the garage for a beer and Santa filmed himself twist Wyatt's head right clean off his neck. The other dude bros then got to watch the carnage after Santa uploaded the video and at, at at first... They and their followers all thought it was a prank, until Zinn went off to find Wyatt and Santa beat him with a club, trussed him up with the Christmas lights, and threw him into the swimming pool where he was electrocuted. Meanwhile, Santa linked the death video to a news story about how the real legend of Santa stems not from any saint, but from a pagan figure called Wild Man who would go around punishing bad people. Turns out Anya from Buffy was right after all. Barry and James read up on it and started to think there might actually be a real threat. So they tried to escape, but Santa was on the roof with a crossbow and took out James with one right through the neck. Barry got shot in the leg, but managed to crawl back inside the house His phone was dead, you know, obviously. Very horror movie trope right there. Uh, So he started posting on their faux YouTube channel that the guys were dead and he needed help begging people to call 911. But guess what? Nobody would believe him. And just as they hit 5 million subscribers and Bing Crosby's Silent Night began playing, Santa lit Barry on fire and he died in the swimming pool. Before he left, Santa decorated the Christmas tree in the Dude Bros' dismembered body parts. And God bless us, everyone. The cliffhanger for this episode, which is something the show has been ending, Uh, each week with so far, showed Santa lying in wait to kill another mall Santa to keep his reign of terror alive. Episode four definitely had a different feel to it than the first three uh, episodes. It was markedly less scary and a lot more fun in an American horror story kind of way. It almost felt like an episode of Black Mirror with its commentary on social media and influencers. It will be interesting to see if this series as a whole ends up with more of the scary episodes or more of the dark humor episodes. Personally, I think we're going to get a nice mix of both of them. So that's, uh, that's the latest American Horror Stories uh, episode. The Naughty List, which is episode number four. So, uh, Khaleesi says, now I have to watch. Love it. Colette says, what a lovely Santa. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just got to be careful, you know. And we started this last week, you know, doing a little bit of trivia. I really enjoyed it. You know, these were some hard-ass questions. So, we're going to do a little bit, little trivia every now and again throughout this hour. So let's do a little bit of trivia, keep you guys on your toes, and you know what? Let's go with um, let's go with the gore factor. All right, a gore question: Which characters die of time dilation in the Cube Two Hypercube, year two thousand and three? That's a that's a hard one. Which characters die of time dilation in the movie The Cube 2 Hypercube, 2003? Any guesses? It's two of them. Colette passes. It's a boy and a girl. No, no guesses. Pass. The answer is Max and Julia. Uh, Lisa writes, never... Oh, Efren got it. Yeah, he chimed in just after I said the answer, but he actually typed it in. There is a five-second delay on every live stream. But let's do another one. Let's go with uh, Paranormal. Okay, this is from The Sixth Sense. A very popular movie, Bruce Willis, 1999. In The Sixth Sense, what actor uttered the famous line, I see dead people. you got so it's the kid obviously almost I'm sure all of you have seen it uh but what what was the character's name? uh sorry what was the actor's name who played the kid? I don't think that, oh Ephron damn are you googling this stuff man i I find it very hard to believe that you remembered that name. Uh, Lisa also got it as well. A lot of you got it. Colette writes, oh my God, on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) Let's do another one. Since we're having a a horror comedy guest on Tuesday, on Monday, sorry, let's do a horror comedy question. All right. Uh, Who does Tree suggest the government use as a test subject For a time loop in the movie Happy Death Day to You 2019, who does Tree suggest the government use as a test subject for a time loop in Happy Death Day to You? Come on, how many? I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen that the movie. Come on. Who does tree suggest the government use as a test subject in the time loop And Happy Death Day to you? Efren doesn't know that one. Oh, my God. That's weird. You know the hard ones, but you don't see... You didn't know the easy ones. Well, you have to have seen the movie. Oh, nobody's seen it. That is surprise. The answer is Danielle. That's funny. That's funny. The one I thought nobody would get, all of you got... And the one that I thought was easy, nobody figured it out. All right, let's go on to the next story. Let's see what else we have. How to Watch Old. Here's where you can see M. Night Shyamalan's twisty new horror movie right now. Now, uh, who was it, I believe, saw this movie uh, and said it was weird but interesting. I have not yet seen it. Can't get enough of those old memes. Here's where you can watch the movie. If there's one thing we all know about M. Night Shyamalan's movies by now is that you want to see them before all, before all the best twists and turns get revealed. And his latest meme-inspiring body horror, which is simply called Old, looks like it's about as full of mystery, twists, and surprises as he's ever been. Per the official, rather ambiguous synopsis, the new thriller follows a family on a tropical holiday who discover that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. The film stars a heck of an ensemble as the rapidly aging family and their fellow Nightmare Beach Dwellers, including Gael Garcia Bernal, Vicky Kripes, Rufus Swell, and a whole bunch of other people. If you are wondering where you can watch Old right now, when to expect it on Video On Demand, and which other Shyamalan movies are streaming, check out our handy guide below. So, is Old streaming online right now? Nope. Universal Pictures released old exclusively in theaters on July 23rd, a week ago. It is not currently available on streaming. But as we know what the latest model is, since movie theaters have actually opened up, the movies that are lucky enough to get a theatrical release, it is not too long after that theatrical release that they do become available to either rent or buy. On video on demand. Now, Shylaman's original thril- thriller beat out some stiff franchise comp- competition in Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, Space Jam, and New Legacy to become the number one movie at the box office, delivering the first real uh, box office upset since the theaters reopened in 2021 with a $16.8 opening weekend haul. Now, I just want to use that as a comparison. We are in the middle of what used to be the big movie season. Uh, Starting from Memorial Day straight through to Labor Day is when all the big box office hits would come up. I mean, it's been like that for as long as I can remember. Now, of course, when COVID that has changed now a movie that is released this time of the year and if it could bring in a good 20 15 20 million dollars it's a success uh because of limited seating capacity uh not all movie movie theaters are open uh, uh the way they used to be before only you know few are open to be honest but anyway, uh that just shows you the state of play the world is right now, where if a movie does have a theatrical release and it can bring in fifteen, twenty, twenty-five million dollars, uh it's a success. Now I want to talk about a story that I read several days ago. It's about Scarlett uh Johansson. She's Black Widow in the Marvel uh cinema universe. Uh, Her movie, Black Widow, which was scheduled to be released last year, was released like two weeks ago. Now, she is suing Disney. And uh, (laughs) I'll try to explain this as best as I can, at least as best as I understand it from reading the article. When uh, Scarlett signed her contract to star in Black Widow, uh, a big stipulation was that it was going to have a theatrical release, and she was going to get proceeds, a percentage, from the theatrical release. And I'm assuming when they when they filmed it, this movie was also scheduled to be released last year, and it was pushed back a whole year. So I'm I'm 100% positive she filmed, signed the contract well before COVID was around. So anyway, uh, that's the deal she signed, that the movie was going to have a theatrical release and she was going to get a percentage of the proceeds, more than likely on top of a guaranteed salary. Okay? So anyway, the movie did not get released last year. Every movie theater was pretty much closed for the majority of 2020. Several weeks ago, what disney did is they did a simultaneous release to theaters and disney plus okay now if you're a disney plus member just a regular disney plus member did not mean that you had access to watch black widow no 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 you actually had to be have to be a disney Plus, I think they call it Premiere member, which is an additional 30 bucks to watch Black Widow. So they released it in theaters and Disney Plus simultaneously. Now, I completely understand uh, why Scarlett Johansson is upset. Because, you know, she signed a deal... She was going to get her guaranteed money, and she was going to get proceeds from the box office. Now, she is suing Disney because they released it simultaneously to streaming and theaters. And even though it doesn't specifically say this in the article that I read, I'm pretty sure... Because COVID did not was not on anyone's mind when she signed the contract and filmed the movie, uh, did she or anyone else anticipate that this movie would simultaneously get released to Disney Plus? I mean, I guarantee you, it was nowhere in the frame of thinking of Disney or even Scarlet. So obviously, a lot has happened, and Disney did the simultaneous release. And she is suing Disney because I can almost guarantee you that in her contract, it states that she doesn't get any proceeds from Disney+. Plus. And the movie has made a lot more money through Disney+, Plus than movie theaters. So you can understand why she's upset. All right, she expected the studio to live up to its contractual uh, obligation, yeah, even if, if it was done before COVID existed, they still have to live up to their contract. And by them doing it differently, yeah, you could say they honored the contract by releasing it to theaters, but then they also released it to Disney Plus, which meant that the people Those who really, really wanted to see the movie and did not want to wait a month or two for a streaming release uh, had to go to the movies. Now they had the option of 30 bucks, invite a couple of your friends over, have everybody chip in, and uh, you get to watch Black Widow. So, and she doesn't get any of that. So, yeah, I can totally see her point in the lawsuit, and I don't blame her one bit for doing what she did. But it's just another example on how movie studios, production companies, distributors, uh, big studios, small studios, doesn't matter, uh, they're all trying different formulas to see how they can keep Revenue coming in. This formula was simple. For a long time before COVID. A movie comes out. To theaters. Depending on how successful it is. Determines how long it stays in theaters. And then gets pulled. A couple months later. A couple months later. You get the streaming Blu-ray release. That's it. Done deal. It was very simple. Well that. Model doesn't work anymore. All right. Uh, COVID, as I've said many, many times before, has accelerated uh, the path that this industry was going down. Uh, And it caught studios off guard. They just were not prepared to do this, you know, at the rate that COVID made it happen. I mean, I, I'm sure, at least I'm hoping they knew that this was heading that way. Streaming services were going to become the dominant way to watch new movies. And, uh, you know, $30 to watch uh, Black Widow? No, I'm sorry. I want to see the movie just as much as anybody else, but I'm not paying $30. bucks. i am not. And uh, I'll wait till it gets released to uh, Disney Plus regular, but I'm not paying thirty bucks. I'm not, you know. Uh, other other studios are trying twenty dollar movie rentals. I've seen that. Um, I did that with a uh, Spiral. Uh, I really debated it. I really wanted to see Spiral, so I'm like, fine. I'll, I'll fork out the $20, which I really, really debated. Uh, I have no problem paying $20 to buy a movie. But paying $20 to rent a movie, to which you only have access to for 48 hours? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is going to be going on for a while. And I've said this a while ago as well you're going to be seeing a lot of mergers. Uh, It's already started to happen. I forgot which two studios already merged. Uh, This rate of streaming services popping up and uh, there's no way, you know, people are going to be subscribing to 20 different streaming services to watch what they want to watch. So uh, you're going to see a lot of mergers coming up. And I presented this question to a lot of my guests and they all agree. It's what the way it's moving forward right now, where literally every television station, every studio has its own streaming platform. And with that streaming platform, they have their own separate free. It's not going to work. You know, it's not going to work. Streaming is, a, it has overtaken cable. At least for me, I pay for cable TV. But when I sit down at the end of the day to watch some TV, I just go straight to my Apple TV or Roku and check out what's on the streaming services. I may then occasionally go and check what, you know, is on the DVR from cable. But you're going to see a lot of that. Hey, Andrew Valentine is with us. Welcome, Andrew. Good to see you back on the show. Hope you're doing well. Um, let's see. Uh, a lot of you guys agree about the... Uh, well, the money that they're asking for, CC writes thirty bucks. That's outrageous. CC also writes contract loopholes. That's ex- that's exactly what that is, uh, because it's not stated in Scarlett Johansson's contract that they cannot uh, do a simultaneous release to Disney Plus and theaters. They think that they can do it. Now, ultimately, it's going to be... I think this is like all these types of lawsuits. It can drag out for years. It can go to actual... It can go to trial. But more than likely, there's going to be a settlement. And Disney's going to end up paying up anyways. But to get to the main point, Marvel and Black Widow... Now, this is uh, a franchise going back to the 2000s, the mid-2000s, that has brought in billions and billions of dollars um, with the Avenger movies, Iron Man, Captain America, all of them. Uh, Black Widow, I believe in the first week, just brought in $300 million. And yeah, that's called, that is, in today's world, that was a huge success, but compared to what that movie would have made if it came out two years ago, before COVID hit, it's a huge disappointment. It really is a huge disappointment. So, but you got to go with what's in today's world. So $300-plus plus million is as good as it's going to get for right now, and it ranked number one it ranked number one so anyway let's do another question keeping an eye at the time as well let's go to monster movies Uh, which Viking vampire reluctantly served in Dracula's army in the animated series Castlevania from 2017 to the current I have no idea Which Viking vampire reluctantly served in Dracula's army in the animated series Castlevania? Any ideas? Any guesses out there? Don't have a clue who this is. Hey! Efren got it. Surprise. You know, Marie, who's moderating, loves to come up with these outrageous guesses. Those of you who've been watching this show, you know Marie, uh, who moderates on Instagram. You know, I've known Marie for 30 years now, and she does not watch horror. She's not a horror fan, and she is a beloved moderator, though. Everyone on Instagram knows Marie, but she throws up these random-ass guesses And they're hysterical. You know what her guess was for this one? Herman. Herman. How the hell did you come up with Herman? Uh, uh, Whatever. Let's go to the next. Let's do another question. Let's go uh, psychological. Alright? And Marie, you are banned from guessing. You're banned. Alright. What is the name of the hotel that The uh, Torrance family are care... Oh, this is an easy one. What is the name of the hotel the Torrance family are caretakers to in The Shining? Come on. First one. This is an easy one. The Overlook. Ah, Khaleesi. Khaleesi, I'm so glad you beat Efren. She got you. She got you. Khaleesi to the rescue. (laughs) Ha. Andrew is laughing. At the Herman. I'm not like, really Herman. But she loves to play along. You got to give her props for that. She has no idea uh, anything horror related. But Marie, I got to give you credit for your spirit. She loves to guess. Let's do another question. Let's, uh, let's go back to Slasher. All right. What must Harper Curtis do to continue to be able to travel through time in The Shining Girls 2013? What must Harper Curtis do to continue to be able to travel through time in the movie The Shining Girls from 2013? Anybody? These are really hard. Uh oh, Efren has not seen that one, so the floor is open. Uh, no guesses? All right. She needs to kill girls who have great potential. All right. That's an odd one right there. Let's go back to gore and disturbing. Which character is not, not a protege of Jigsaw in the Saw series? Amanda, Amanda Young, Mark Hoffman, Logan Nielsen, or Peter Strom? Who is not a jigsaw disciple? Amanda, Mark, Logan, or Peter? Zoe says Logan. Let's see. No, no. It was Peter, Khaleesi, Colette. Colette and Lisa. Lisa nailed it first. Lisa, then Colette, then, then uh, Khaleesi came in afterwards. Ephron, man, that's disappointing. How can you get a Saw franchise question wrong? Dude, you get one of those wrong again, I'm barring, I'm barring you from the horror club. I'm taking away your horror fan privileges if you screw up another easy question like that. So you're on notice, you're on probation. All right, let's do paranormal. The paranormal ones are really easy. All right, and of course, The Omen, 1976. For what country is Richard Thorne the ambassador to Great Britain? Really? So Richard Thorne is the, ambas- is the um, I can't say that word, ambassador for what country to Great Britain? Come on, America. There you go, Colette. America. America, the United States. Easy one right there. I don't know why they make these paranormal questions so easy. Either they're too easy or you all know I'm a big paranormal horror fan, and I just know all of them. Let's go to... Uh, uh, you know what? Let's do comedy again. Oh, white. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Whose in? does Dr. Marshall believe impregnated Victor's mother in Choke? 2001. Whose foreskin does Dr. Marshall believe impregnated Victor's mother in choke? I have no idea. I didn't know foreskin could impregnate someone. <laughs> I'm speechless. Any ideas? I'm trying to see if I read this right. I, yeah. Whose foreskin does Dr. Marshall believe impregnated Victor's mother in choke from 2001? Anyway, the answer is Jesus. That's some whacked out shit right there. I mean, that's just whacked. All right, all right. We'll get to some more questions, but let's start on our are uh, horror movie serial killers, all right? Of course, any serial killer topic, number one on the list, not in terms of being the worst, but maybe time-wise, Norman Bates. 1960, Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock, Michael Myers, and all the different movie versions that we have seen him in, but it all started in 1978 with the murder of his teenage sister at the tender young age of six. Also known as The Shape, became mythic in essence, turning into The Boogeyman. And that's what makes Michael Myers so damn scary. And I loved Rob Zombie's 2007 Halloween, but what he did with the second movie that I did not like, is that he took the boogeyman mystique out of Michael Myers. So that's why I really am not a big fan of Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Next is Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, 1986. Gritty story based on the real life of a real-world serial killer. Henry's choice of victims doesn't focus on any particular demographic, making it very hard to track his murders. He is a drifter who never settles down in one location, which helps him evade capture. Henry is prone to attacking anyone, be it friend or lover, making him even more untrustworthy. All right. Francis Dollarhide, Manhunter or Red Dragon, from the movie Manhunter Red Dragon as well, uh, which is part of the whole Hannibal storyline. And Francis was also uh, part of the last season of Hannibal the TV show. Uh, Basically this guy was just batshit crazy and he thought he was transforming into a dragon. I mean, he was really batshit crazy. Uh, next on the list, Charles Lee Ray, Child's Play, 1988, played by B- Brad Dourif, a would-be cult leader who was shot uh, a, at a toy store. His choice of victims and actions resemble Ted Bundy. He's a possessive psychopath, treating his victims like property. Unlike many serial killers, he had accomplices to help him dump the bodies the accomplices assisted in his downfall, leaving him for the police. And basically, when he was cornered and captured, he put his soul into a doll. You know, the, the good guy's doll, Chucky. So that how that is how Chucky was born. So I'm just reading over some of you guys' questions. And Colette, it, you know what? You're right. Uh, Jesus was Jewish, and uh, how could his foreskin impress? Yeah, you know what? Let's just leave that behind. I, I I, think the more we talk about it, I think the bigger trouble I'm going to get into. All right, let's do another question. Let's go to gore and disgusting. Huh, it's another saw question, so we know Efren's not going to get this one right. So this Saw question is, What trap in the Saw series appears numerous times, has a timer, and is padlocked to the jaw of a victim? Now, I know exactly what they're talking about, but I never knew that each trap had a name. Khaleesi writes the bear trap, which it it does resemble... A bear trap, but let's see what the actual name is. Well, you were very close. Ah, there you go. Efren actually got it right. It's a reverse bear trap. Okay? Instead of clamping down, it rips open. Tied around your jaw, and when the timer goes off, yeah, some nasty shit happens. Alright, let's go back to Paranormal. In Poltergeist 1982, on what is the housing community Queste Verde built on? Real, man, these paranormal questions are too easy. What is the housing community in Poltergeist built on? There we go, Afrin, Indian burial ground. Um. Just looking over some of the chats. Uh, Andrew did not like Rob Zombie's second movie as well. Yeah, he just took away the mystique of Michael Myers. You know? The whole thing that makes Michael Myers so scary is he's the shape. He's the boogeyman. He's there one minute, gone the next. Uh, Zoe knew the answer to that one. That was easy. That was easy. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to Slasher. What Okay, what uh, alias does the cannibalistic Calhoun, sorry, Calhoun use in Ravenous, 1999? What alias does the cannibalistic Calhoun use in Ravenous from 1999? So, do you know what the alias is? Anyone know? Now, this is, this is a hard one. What alias does the cannibalistic Calhoun use in the movie Ravenous from the year 1999? Colette writes, Eater. Marie, stop guessing. Landslide is not an alias. No, it's Colonel Ives. Colonel Ives. Landslide. All right, uh, let's do another comedy one. All right, what does... uh, Oh, God, I'm going to screw this up. What does Kawashima decide to try to murder instead of his infant child in Piercing from 2007? What does Kawashima decide to try to murder instead of his infant child... ...in the movie Piercing from 2007. I'm going to take a guess and say a doll. Nope. Any guesses? Any? uh, Come on. Instead of an infant? This is not the first thing that comes to my mind as a substitute, but... Mom, no. His dog, no. A prostitute. A prostitute. All right, let's go psychological. What, in, what is the profession of Guy Woodhouse, the husband of Rosemary in Rosemary's Baby, 1968? What is the profession of Guy Woodhouse, who is Rosemary's husband in Rosemary's Baby, 1968? What does he do for a living? Let's see. This is a good one. Salesman? Nope. Nope. Not a salesman. I'm going to see if anyone can get this. Teacher? Nope. Ah, Efren got it. Actor. Actor. Alright. I love these questions. I love testing you guys. Uh, I also love love learning this information as well. Alright. All right. Slasher. Alright. This is easy. Who directed Silence of the Lambs? 1991. Who directed Silence of the Lambs? Come on. Anybody? Marie? No guesses? Come on. Who... uh, I'm gonna... Efren and Khaleesi. Uh, Khaleesi says I went blank. Efren got it. It's Jonathan Demme, Jonathan Demme, he won the Oscar for that year, didn't he? I know that movie uh, won Best Actor, Best Actress, whole bunch of Oscars, which was groundbreaking for a horror movie, and it still is. Horror movies don't really get um, the attention they deserve when it comes for when it comes time to award season. All right, let's do Paranormal. All right. Sinister. Uh, Speaking of Sinister, we are going to have one of the stars from Sinister. Tate Ellington is going to be joining us in around two weeks. So you're going to want to check that out. Tate has been in uh, Sinister. He's been in The Endless. Uh, He's been in a lot of horror movies. Uh, He's going to be our guest. But anyway... This is a Sinister question, which is from the year 2012. The pagan god Bagul is also referred to by what other name from the movie Sinister? The pagan god Bagul is also referred to by what other name? This is a good one. Come on, anybody? Anybody? Alright, you know what, dude? I know you're cheating. Efren got it again. Mr. Boogie. You're Googling this stuff. Because no one has that good of a memory. I did not know that. You have to be Googling this stuff. Let's try one more. Let's let's find a good one here. Alright, let's do Gore and Disturbing. As of 2018, The Thing, from 1982, was one of how many collaborations between Kurt Russell and John Carpenter? I can think of two right off the bat. As of 2018, how many times has John Carpenter worked with Kurt Russell? Damn, I didn't think that was that that much. Damn. Colette says four, Efren says three, no, you guys are going to be surprised, it's five. Elvis, Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, and Escape from LA. I didn't know there was that many either. Anyway guys, we are out of time. Uh, I had a lot of fun, thank you guys for tuning in, I hope everyone has a great weekend, Uh, Tune in next week as we uh, have more guests, more solo shows. We'll do some more trivia. Uh, Don't forget, our premiere date is Friday the 13th. August, Friday the 13th. Dead Talk Live is going to be on a television streaming network. That's right. We're going to be officially a television show on Friday, August 13th. So please, if you want to support us, Subscribe to Screenbox and check us out on Screenbox. You could be found on all the major streaming platforms and mobile devices, and that would be great. So, thank you guys for tuning in. I'll be back with you next week. Hope everyone has a safe weekend, and until then, stay walking. Good night, and have a great weekend.